Carl Wazinski here. You're listening to the Rising as One podcast. Hello and welcome to this collaboration episode, Phoenix Rising New Mexico preview. We have Chris with Seek and Strike Collective. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on the show tonight. Of course, of course. This is a uh, pretty huge match. I'm also joined by Aaron with our podcast. How are you doing, Aaron? Doing fantastic. Having a nice, uh, look, looking forward to a nice match, and uh, definitely want to want to hear from Christopher, uh, hear from Chris a little bit about what's going on over there uh, and all the awesomeness that uh, New Mexico is bringing. Sounds good. Let's get into it. So the first question I want to uh, say, because it's it's the dumb question. This is the uh, Monday morning armchair analyst question. Did the Open <laughs> Cup run ruin your season? Uh, okay, so the practical answer is it appears that it definitely we played extra matches, and so that tired out the guys. But it's a first-year club, and... I think that, honestly, I'll, I'll give you my take on it. Like, I did not expect us to maybe go that far, but I didn't really have a good knowledge of Open Cup. You know, obviously everything is very new for us. I wasn't watching USL a year ago. Um, so when we had that match against y'all, um, the first, the second round match, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, boom, we're advancing. It's this new sort of thing where it's like, all right, you know, Let's go ahead and ride this ride for as long as we can. Do I think that it ruined our season? Yeah, obviously it definitely weared on our guys. But, I mean, you really can't know if we didn't do the Open Cup how well we would have done. I mean, we played major league soccer teams and and won a couple. So I think the competition was definitely very heightened in places where it may not have been. So, Chris, uh, Dom is more of a technical guy. I'm a little bit more of the culture guy. You guys are a new, nice. a, a new team. Uh, give us just a little bit of history of what's happened in the past year or so uh, and how you got involved with doing the podcast and how you guys were able to build culture. You, you kind of went from like zero to a hundred, uh, you know, it, it feels like in a couple hours. Uh, what's it like being part of this buildup, uh, coming into the start of the season and then actually participating in your first USL season? Um, okay. That's a good question, actually. Um, you know, honestly, like, the way I got involved uh, with Seek and Strike Collective, I mean, ultimately, I just – when we when the season was – when the team was announced um, back in June of last year, you know, it was the thing of, okay, let's see how this goes. Um, by December, I'm like, okay, you know, there's a little bit more progress. I mean, I kind of come into knowing that I want to participate as far as covering the, the team um, about December, January-ish. So I come into it that route. Um, I'm pretty much just a one-man show up until April. So I'm writing all the articles at that point, kind of covering what the team's doing. Uh, you know, there's this sort of um, this sort of appeal that, you know, there's, all these people in the stadium more than what the baseball team yields. And it's this sort of new thing that everyone can't explain 
but initially it was like this just experience you know I, i'd probably liken it to the first time you go on the ride at it's a small world in disneyland you know you just you can't explain what's happening but you're on the ride you like it and you want to get back on again and that's kind of what it's been like um so for me riding on the team definitely has been kind of that ride and looking at where we're at now and things i mean i was just actually talking to someone a little while ago at a coffee shop is i honestly did not think from my vantage point on how much writing i would be doing on how much analyzing of the scene on how many it sort of takes over your life doesn't it <laughs> it it really does i mean i was listening to your last episode about someone who's overcommitted has sundays are driving around yeah that was birthday parties <laughs> And, and so, I mean, I'm a single guy, but look, I'm like, I'm writing, I'm researching, I'm interviewing, I'm being on other people's pods, like I'm doing all that, and uh, it's just kind of a good chaos, you know what I mean? But uh, I like it. Um, it's been a great season. So, yeah, so I mean, the culture of it is that we're writing, you know, the folks in our little Facebook nation are reading um you know every once in a while we check in with you know how much they want to hear from us and you know we take angles i mean i am trying to interview professional players that are from new mexico that play on other teams i.e like like your guy ben spencer or like michael reed over in nashville like you know what i mean i try to create different angles too for for, for well yeah that's awesome so we we have a pretty decent contingent that's going to be making the trip over to uh, over to, to uh, Albuquerque. Uh, how much? How much? How many people? Uh, what do you got? At least a hundred. At least a hundred. Yeah, that really? that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, okay. This will I mean, probably be that's fair. other than El Paso crowd, maybe the biggest away contingent. But your home match against them was on a Wednesday, so ours actually might be as big if not bigger yeah so give give our listeners yeah. a little bit of lay of land regarding uh uh isotope stadium and and uh who what's the best the, the best place to get a beer what's the best place what's the best food that's the most uh uh the most new mexico united uh experience possible and by and by that's listeners good. he means me because i'm going and i need to <laughs> right look at that the truth the truth has come out um okay so yeah i would probably say that every one of our listeners is probably going because all our listeners are the hardcore uh you know the, the hardest core of the hardcore your listeners they were <laughs> your listeners Inside are the joke. folks that got <laughs> your your listeners are the folks that got wise next to their name dude that trips me out i didn't realize what was happening with that at first, and then I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to surely put an X next to mine as soon as it happens, right? So, <laughs> but, uh, so, all right, so as far as beers go, okay, first of all, you want to go to the Curse Supporter Group Tailgate, because those tailgates are sponsored by a local brewery called uh, Star Brothers, so you're going to want to go there, because they have kegs of free beer, um, and it's quite delicious. Um, and also we'll have like fiestas typically, so tacos, free tacos, plenty of that going on, plenty of good food there. Um, as far as when you get into the stadium and, and again, like I preface that you want to get a good amount of beer in you at the tailgate because it's free and, you know, it's, it's readily available when you get inside the stadium. I don't know. I would typically say hit up one of the 
little carts and stuff at Tall Boys. I mean, you got to pay, what is it, like $10 for those tall cans, but it's way better than going to the other booths where they just give you the cup. Um, there's tons of people in the stadium, so... It's uh, going to be the, know, it'll, the, it's gonna be the last time a Phoenix Rising fan is going to be allowed to have a can in the stadium. <laughs> Damn, you, you know what? Yeah. Though, like, but, you, but you know, though, I guess we're we're one big family with that, aren't we? Because... <laughs> two two fan bases that were definitely throwing cans. Yeah, so, yeah. but uh, you know, it's, it's going to be. Is it Copa Cerveza? Is it? How do you guys do on full full price beer night? You know, full price beer night is still really good because before the match and and right after the match, like up to kickoff and right after kickoff, one of our best beer brands, which is a uh, Four Peaks uh, Kilt Lifter, is still only five dollars. Okay which is a really, really good price. So, um, okay. you know, pr- with regular prices, it's still really, really fantastic. So do you guys have a streak with regular price beer night, too? Uh, no. <laughs> it's it's only dollar <laughs> beer night. We, we're actually oh, undefeated at home this season, but, no, the, the streak, that's a dollar beer night. So when the schedule comes out next year, you want to make sure you're playing us not on a dollar beer night. You know what's crazy though is that you guys even do well on other people's dollar beer night or two dollar beer. We night. are we're we're two and zero on other people's dollar beer night, and if you include Vegas's two dollar tequila shots, we're three and zero. <laughs> it's the magic. You nice. know? We the magic can't be contained. Right. Okay. So back to the food. Right. So in the stadium, I'm gonna say the most New Mexico thing in the stadium to probably have is. Uh, most people will say it's going to be the Dion's uh, pizza with the green chili on it. I mean, that's going to be like, it, it's not the pizza itself, but it's it's the green chili experience on anything. So I guess if you want to do a green chili cheeseburger, you can go that route. But Dion's pizza is where it's at. Get a couple slices and call it good. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of what you're looking at. I mean, it's basically the concession stand for Albuquerque isotopes. So I couldn't say that it's, super, like, cultured. I mean, you can get tacos, like I said, at the tailgate, and that's probably going to be the most authentic experience you're going to have. But it's all about that green chili, no matter what you're doing. Love it. Love it. I got a a question bringing this back to the the match itself. Okay. How much does the Four Corners Cup mean to you guys, and will you storm the field if you guys beat us? Because the stakes are pretty Uh, huge here. If you guys win, you win the Four Corners Cup, any other result, and it's almost 100% going to be with us. <laughs> right. Uh, the Four Corners Cup, Four Corners Cup means a whole lot. I mean, they win that. I mean, you're going to see you're going to see the Curtis probably storm the field, or at least David Carl for that matter. So, um, yeah, I, I it'll be the first one, right? So, I mean, I guess the the reaction is what you're going to have to to wait for. Um, but uh, yeah, they care about it a, a whole lot, and the you know, no one thinks that you guys are going to walk away with it. So, nice, oh, Aaron. Give him another question. All right. Well, you know what? You know what? We've been peppering him pretty good. So, uh, Chris, what do you got for us? Oh, uh, okay. So, uh, so you guys had twenty wins, which give me that's very impressive for sure. Um, you know, and uh, you know, and and so now you've had you've had a first loss. Um, so what's to say that you guys don't 
go on a reverse streak now and start losing? I mean, like, do what, do what confidence do you have? Uh, what confidence do you have coming into this match with New Mexico, considering that you don't have a win on New Mexico in the two times through two different competitions that you have faced New Mexico? Dom, go ahead and take that one. All right. You know what? I'm weirdly more confident than I would have been had we won last week. Because if we had won last week, I think this would have been the perfect match for us to lay an egg and end the streak. I mean, the streak, the weight of the streak just gets so great the longer it goes. And once we got to, like, win 11, there were several performances between 11 and 20 where we had no business winning, but the guys just had an amazing mentality and a little bit of luck. The low dose match comes to mind. The oh, yeah. Oh, free yeah. Kick, the Tacoma comeback. San Antonio. So, just to have that weight off our shoulders, I think Rick Schantz ripped into the guys after Fresno, and they're going to come out real strong. I'm not necessarily confident that we for sure get the win. We'll get to score predictions later, but I have a quiet confidence about this match. I don't think we're going to lose. And really, a draw is as good as a win if you look at it from the four corners standpoint. Well, you know, as as I'm taking a look and seeing kind of the remaining schedules between our two teams, uh, I I'm a lot more confident that New Mexico is going to win out. Uh, well, uh, except for is I'm a lot more confident that New Mexico is going to win out after this match than I am Phoenix. I mean, you guys are facing RJV, Tulsa, Tacoma, and then Las Vegas. So you you have a hell of a chance to pick up 12 points in your in your last four. Uh, we're going to be facing you. Timbers 2, Real Monarchs, and OKC Energy in our last four. Uh, OKC Energy mm. started the season uh, in, in, a, in a much better way, but they just haven't done anything. Uh, Timber two, Timbers right. 2 seems to be one of these teams that you never know exactly what you're going to get, but we've had their number for the past two years pretty well. So our eyes are really on this New Mexico match in Real Monarchs as we're trying to finish, uh, finish the year. The big things for us... I'm going to tell you... The, the, the big things I'm for us is we need one point... Okay to clinch the supporters' shield. And we need seven right. points out of the next four matches to uh, to break the, the USL record for points in a season. So the, the guys are still working. They're not going to let up because they want to have uh, they want to have the supporters' shield uh, and, and they want to be able to break that permanent re- or that, that point record. I, I, and you know what? I'm totally good with y'all getting getting those accolades. Um, probably just not in our match. So I, I, I couldn't, we couldn't spare that point for you in this match. Um, we definitely need to solidify our, our postseason berth a lot sooner than winning every match. That's that, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get into that. That to me is kind of a worry. Um, I think that uh, there was something I was going to say to you. I think when you were saying all of this, and. Oh, I know what it is. I, I am definitely very upset that we didn't get to break that streak because I, I honestly thought that the roads were leading to New Mexico on that streak, and I was really – that would have been a, a very pinnacle moment for us, but I don't like big wins like that because it seems like the next match is like a drop-off. So I'm glad that Fresno got it. Um, I was listening to the pod that you guys had about uh, being or being Fox or outboxed. And, uh, God, there were so many things in there that, that definitely piqued interest. Um, 
that you guys were talking about calls that you got and that you couldn't be too upset because of calls you got. You guys got two handball calls, like, in the same match. And I'm a little worried that the height, the height advantage or disadvantage, however you want to look at that, for Asante and his tactical uh, low kicks to people's hands, I'm a little worried about that. I think those are the first two penalties we've gotten off handballs that he's kicked all season, so I would not be as worried about that. <laughs> I'm like, man, because that, that's clever right there. I mean, what can you do? We've got to put someone on him that's about the same size. Something you should be worried about, though, is our ability to earn penalty kicks. And oh, some yeah. people, the skeptics in this, listening will be, well, not all those were earned. But we right. do have guys that put defenders in bad spots, in tough spots. When Diaz coming up the left wing and we have John in the middle, Asante in the middle, we have guys like Kavan who could rip a shot from outside the box. Right. It creates a lot of suboptimal choices for defenders. And your defense is not the strongest in this league. So that's something that you would want to watch out for. I think if we don't get any penalty kicks in this match, you guys are looking pretty good to at least get a draw out of the match. Yeah, Chris, tell us a little bit about your back line. Uh, your back line has actually only pulled off two clean sheets, or uh, I'm sorry, three clean sheets the entire season here. And, and you haven't put up a zero since July, 30, uh, yeah, July 31st. Uh, and before, right, yeah. And before that, it was the first match in May. Uh, what's going on on that back line? And, and uh, you know, you don't have to tell us how we're going to take advantage of it because that's a coaching issue. But, you know, what's the deal there? Yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, it just comes down to communication. I mean, so, you know, when the back line is at its best is when you've got Suggs back there, you know, and he's been out. He was out the last match due to a migraine. But, you know, when he's been back there, it's been strong. Uh, Justin Smith back there, obviously, like, he's going to be, like, he's like the quality center back back there. Tete has been a good thing. I mean, when Hamilton was out for as long as he's been out, we had Tete back there. And between him and, and Schmidt, it's been good. Um, the thing that really uh, has cost us has been the speed, uh, the speed of the players and the transition back into defense. Um, I thought that they did really well in the OKC match. Obviously, they set the traps really well. Uh, with the two of them back there, um, any time that we've definitely, you know, gotten taken advantage of, if you look at, like, OC match, it's really because you've got more than those two back there and folks are caught flat-footed. Do you know what I mean? So uh, the OC match was, was porous. Like, to watch that match, to watch the the review or the, um, the, the highlights and to see how OC did two very basic one-on-one give-and-goes on us, and there was no one that could react, that was horrible. Like, I mean, you know, and, and, you know, everyone, every supporter, every fan, everyone thought, like, wow, what's going on, you know? And and really what it came down to is that you just had this broken communication. You had people looking. You had you had the players looking for, for the other team and then just somehow losing them in the peripheral. And then there's that easy give-and-go. So we definitely... I think when it comes to to Phoenix, as far as that, like it, there has to be that communication. Like I, I feel like Troy's got to be more confident, like in just having 
three three solid back there. Um, I'm a little concerned about some of the choices just because some of the backs like just don't have the pace. And if we don't have any other options, then that's just something we have to play with. And uh, just a little interesting fact about Rashid Tete uh, on the New Mexico back line. Uh, he is actually a Ghanaian footballer, so that is going to be yep. a, you know, a fun thing to watch. Two Ghanaians going up against each other. Tete is six feet tall. So in Phoenix Rising his history, we've had two Ghanaian players. Uh, both are under, the, under five foot five. Uh, so, yes, in Ghana, they do grow them six feet tall sometimes. And uh, that's Rashard Tete. Right. Man, you got you got to I got to love you, man. You're like on the fact over here. I I dig it. I dig it. He comes up with all the random facts and the random stats. You ever go the on stuff that doesn't matter at all. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, this is good stuff right here, okay? All right. Well, he's an uh, accountant, so he tracks the numbers that don't matter and the ones do. Yeah. But but let's go back, but let's let's revisit like the first match. So a very young, a very, a very lively New Mexico group comes in. Obviously, players from several teams, teams you've faced, they've been on your team, whatever it is. And so, in that match, obviously, New Mexico comes in into Casino Arizona Fields, right, and essentially just is leading the scoreline transition. I mean, you guys did answer back each time. But in that match, what, Santi Mora had two goals, and Asante had two goals, right? Yeah, two goals on penalty, actually. Right. And so so what's going through your guys' minds with this brand-new club that's, like, basically leading the scoreline? I mean, up until the point before the third score rings in for you. Yeah, so that's a really good question. So uh, for FirebirdSoccer.net, uh, Dominic and myself and, and a couple other guys, we put together a preseason preview. And we, we did a Western Conference preview episode for the Rising With One podcast. And we were looking at this, this squad and saying, hey, this is a really interesting veteran squad. Uh, you know, guys like Devin Sandoval, Josh Suggs. Of course, we've, all, we've seen from our team in the past uh, um, Hamilton as well. You know, it, it looked like a team that was going to be able to... Mizell. Yeah, Cody Mizell. It looked like a team that, that was going to be able to perform, that had a good mix of young guys and good experience as well. So I, I don't think that, that we were overlooking, especially that early in the season, we were definitely not overlooking uh, overlooking New Mexico at all. And okay. to add to that, um, we were in the preseason really struggling to implement Rick Schantz's possession-based system. If you weren't watching USL before, which you probably weren't, no reason no reason to do that. You guys didn't have a team. Our coaches prior to Rick Schantz were very defensive-minded, and our style was more like, more like an OKC almost, where it's countering-based, we're going to take advantage of our chances, especially in 2017. That was our style. 2018, okay. we started getting a little bit more adventurous, but still, it was almost Jekyll and Hyde at home versus on the road. On the road, we would be very defensive, just try to win a one-nil away match. So this offseason, Rick Schantz implements this possession-based style, and we had to work out the kinks. And in the preseason, we were getting lit up and losing like 5-1 to one against MLS teams. We had one one-nil win, but even in the start of the USL season, which is when we played you guys, 
we were getting lit up most of those matches. Two goals against, three goals against. And so, in some ways, it's a very different team that you guys played back in March than the team that you're playing on Saturday. In fact, um, yeah, right. yeah, we were just terrible, just, yeah, terrible right, on those so. transitions. Yeah, in fact, four... And I think that's been cleaned up. Four players who were in the starting 11, uh, three players that were in the start... Uh, the, sorry. Three players in the starting 11, four players that were in the 18, aren't even with the team anymore. So in that game, we featured right. Javier Perez, Tristan Blackman, they were both on loan for LAFC. They're gone. They're not even. They're not with the team at all. Uh, we so all. you had a different goalkeeper. You had Carl. Lott, we had Wazinski. Right? Yeah, Wazinski and swapped Wazinski out for uh, Lubin. Uh, Schaff Brewer no longer with the team. Actually, not even playing soccer. He sells Herbalife now. Uh, so if anybody else wants some Herbalife, go sh- give give a shout out to Schaff Brewer Jr. <laughs> uh, and and nice Dev- and Devin Vega, who was a bit of a locker room cancer, uh, got sent down to Tucson and then got sent on his way. So. You know, it it really, in more ways than one, this is a very different team. Okay. And so then the team that we faced, well, because well, how much longer, I mean, did you still have the same team when it came to Open Cup? Uh, By that point, it was, it was closer to what we have now. But we were also okay. resting a couple key guys in that match. John and Asante both came on as late subs, and... I think Carl was in net for that match as well. So you guys have actually never played Zach Lubin this season. Although, to be fair, Carl Wazinski had an incredible match. You guys could have put like four or five in that game. Yeah. Both well, you remember that match. I mean, that that should have been like five. five. Yeah, yeah. That match went 120, and then and then PK is the course, right? And I know you guys had even commented on your on this previous episode about about teams can kind of get you on PKs. That were weak on PKs. Yep. Yeah. Right, right, right. I mean, obviously, you know, we're not in a situation where that where that's going to matter. Um, other than just uh, you know what what we might draw off of you, but uh, I mean, we haven't really had a lot of opportunities for for PKs in the season. So, yeah, that's kind of an interesting. As I'm looking at the lineup from that U.S. Open Cup match, I we actually ran. Um, uh, John Baccaro as the center forward in that in that match. Baccaro is much more of a creator on our side now, uh, much you know, much more of a central midfielder and, and uh, a creator for us. Actually, not even a cent- central midfielder. He's he's a uh, they they put him on the right or left, usually opposite Jose, his countryman uh, Jose Aguinaga. So yeah, it, it, although that, that's but that back line that is our back line. Mustafa Dimboya, Joey Farrell sometimes, AJ Cochran sometimes, and, and Dia. Uh, so that back line is still pretty much the same. So, so the only question to ask you, yeah, go for it. Okay, okay, okay. So interesting question to ask you. So your three losses come on the road, and again, you're playing a team that you haven't necessarily beat. Who's I think for the most part, I, with exception to the Open Cup, I think you guys may have gotten the scoreline first on the Open Cup. If I'm if I'm correct, right? Devin Sandoval scores both goals, equalizes in extra time. But um, so essentially, my my question is that, like, again, like you, um, man, where was I going with that? Um, you guys, okay, so oh yeah, so your road, your losses are on the road. Sorry about that. Your 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 three losses are on the road. 
Um, I kind of, when I was looking at that, I was kind of previewing the team today in my recap. I was kind of thinking, like, well, obviously, then we have a good favor there. And then also, again, like, we haven't lost to Phoenix Rising. So, I mean, I mean, maybe we've got, like, a 45% chance of the upset. I This is a match that's pretty evenly balanced to me. I, I could see you guys winning. I could see us winning. I could see all three of those outcomes are not that crazy to me. Like, if, if, this is one of those matches where in Vegas, if you had the lines, you'd probably have, like, the New Mexico to win odds at, like, it's all, it's almost even money. Phoenix to win at like plus one sixty and like a draw at like two twenty five. Like yeah, pretty even. Right. Yeah, there there are definitely factors. I mean, it it it's either one of those things where it's the typical um, Phoenix Rising match where you guys just blast the scoreline and it looks like the San Antonio game that we had, where it's just like oh my gosh, stop the bleeding or. Um, and that's by the turn of an event, right? I mean, like, essentially New Mexico in that San Antonio game, I mean, they were definitely lighting up the goalkeeper, and they just they had plenty of chances. They just, one thing, obviously, the, the turn of events kind of changed everything going down a man. But other than that, like, who knows, that match would have went a whole different way. So in, in our match, I think with, with Phoenix Rising, it's, you know, it's a matter of, do you guys light up the scoreline? Is it something where maybe we surprise you and we come out and we light up the scoreline where we're up three, you know, three nil? I mean, I'll be generous right there, right? Um, or is it something where it's going to just be uh, either team just just tries to get that point and just kind of exit the match? I mean, I think you know, if the I mean, I've seen, I've seen all three. I really think if the stadium is full and you guys get a first score in the first thirty minutes. I think that's going to be really difficult for us to, to, to deal with, uh, depending on how full you get the stadium. I mean, obviously, early early in the season, you were tipping 13,000, you know, really, really regularly. But I've noticed that, that your attendance is starting starting to drop off a little bit. Uh, delayed. It, delayed. Uh, okay. The things that have kind of done that, to be honest with you, um, uh, having Florida-Georgia line in, in town the same night or um, two-hour weather delays, it really hasn't been their performance that has dictated audience. It's just been other events in town. But where where some folks go to a, a country concert, other folks are getting in. So, I mean, you know, it's it's we're not really in a point where we can say, oh yeah, the team's losing, and that's why people aren't coming. You know what I'm saying? And, and to be fair, like uh, more people still think El Paso is the rival than Phoenix Rising, but because you guys have this huge streak, more people wanted to just probably see that happen and get snapped. Yeah. So now that you've lost, I don't know how much appeal is, is there for that. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see because I'll tell you, when Fresno scored that goal, man, they celebrated like, you know, like they, they, they just banged the prom queen. I mean, it was just... Uh, it was the Champions yeah. League. It was the Champions League final for them. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was right. way more I mean, than I was expecting for them to be doing. It's like it's Right. Hey man, everyone wants to play on a day other than Thursday. I mean, <laughs> so yeah, you know, I, I think the crowd has a chance to to really ha- to play a, a bit of an effect here. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I I agree with you on that. I just you know I think people still like trashing El Paso more than Phoenix. Everyone, 
likes the dollar beer night and the thing that happened with that and your wins and they would have only loved to have snapped it but now it's like okay we get to be the second person to get the prom queen mm, not really something anyone wants to do no one wants to i'm still cool with that i was in a marching person. band man I, I would be perfectly fine with that <laughs> uh, i mean no one wants the seconds on that but i mean i i I, you know, I think you guys were saying in your show that, you know, that it would be a nightmare, right, if New Mexico got that win, especially with that, that sweet still out there. Um, and like I was hashtagging y'all earlier on Nightmare on L Street, you know, I'm hoping that we can get that second, second, second installment on you. Well, we're, we're going to... Well, now that, now that we're getting towards these, uh, you know, like trash talking wins and losses and stuff. Do we want now, to get now that it's finally at a, a, a more comfortable part of the podcast? <laughs> do we uh, do we want to get into score predictions? Ooh, start it off, guys. I heard someone with a four-two on the other side. Yeah, that was that was Kyle. Dominic and I both have the same score prediction. So, Dom, go ahead and give it to him. Yeah, bless Kyle's heart. I mean, four is a huge ask, though. I don't I don't see that happening. Um, you know, I, my official on the record one is 3-2, but I could, as I said before, very easily see this being a draw or even a New Mexico win. I think the Ooh. key thing, the key thing in this match is going to be if you guys keep us off the board in the first 30 minutes, because you go through the list of those Phoenix Rising matches, we love to score early. If we can get an right. early goal in those matches, first 20 minutes or so, those are the matches that end up being 4-1, 5-1, 5-0. If we are off the board, they're more like the 1-0 where we're gutting it out in the last 30 minutes. Or Fresno happened last week because we couldn't take advantage of chances early. So if you guys can keep us off the board early on, it's going to be a dogfight. Your How defense do you guys like your does not inspire enough faith. Oh, elevation, we can handle that. We got heat that we deal with down here. <laughs> yeah, you do got the heat, that's for sure. <laughs> I think I think we're going to score early. I think it's going to go back and forth. And I think I'll say 3-2. Okay. But part of that is like, please don't start A.J. Cochran. Please start Joey Farrell instead. Like, no, no, no. Start Cochran. And I only say that because I love Cochran's passing. But he struggles getting back on counters. You guys are electric on counters. Okay. So, okay. You know, 3-2 is an asterisk. Ooh, okay. Okay. Well, I haven't, I have not cast out a scoreline prediction this whole week. We had our, we had our show on Monday night and I withheld mine. Um, I, my other two, Co-host, what did they throw out there? Someone did a two-one, uh, New Mexico, and then, and then our other guy, our producer, he likes to, he likes to kind of bet against the squad because he, it's superstitious for him. So I think he said, I think he said it was like a, a three-one victory for y'all. That's what he said. Oh and man, he's been, he's been pretty dead set on betting against, and it turns out in our favor. So I, I guess I I don't really like it, but, uh, you know, because it's going to go against my scoreline prediction. Um, 
but uh, you know, I guess all things can kind of work. Like he he doesn't really believe in that scoreline. He just says that, right? So, um, so I'm looking at it, and ooh, so you did kind of bring up a good point. Uh, us getting on the board first um, is an issue. Is is something that could be definitely an issue with it. I mean, I looked at we got on the board first against Reno too, but again, Mizell didn't have enough stickum on the gloves, and I mean that ball just went like in, and it was evened up. I mean, if you look at the second half of that match, we had something with Weehan and Moar, but then it was called back because it was offside, and then just Reno just unloaded. So, so. I can't sit here and say that it's going to be some, like, 5-2 New Mexico victory. Like, you know, it's not nothing like that. But I'm going to, I'm going to say I think that it's 2-1 it's us. And, you know, I'm going to say, and look, the dog agrees, but I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm, going to, <laughs> I'm going to say that I think Devin Sandoval is in that scoreline. He's come up major with bigger games, and I think that he gets that header. Um, I think he's he's one of them. And then uh, and I think Freighter is the other one because we're not going to have more. And I'm sure we want to talk about that a little bit, but I, I think that um, I honestly think one of two things is happening on this start. I think either Freighter's up top with Weehan and Sandoval is out, and then you have uh, Daniel Bruce in, and you have David Estrada on the side where uh, where Santi would be. So kind of a flip of the field. I think you have something like that. Or I think you have Kavon in and you have Weehan down in Moore's position. You have Devin Kev up top and they just kind of go bigger and physical. And of course, you know, Freighter, as you guys have mentioned, plays with some of that high energy and that passion. He's got that speed that's kind of phantom where he plays onside and then all of a sudden he's out front and he's got the one-on-one situations. So I mean I I definitely think that that you've got some different things coming at you. Um, Freighter has only played before this last match. He only played like maybe the last ten minutes of each match. This match he came in about minute fifty three or fifty four. Didn't get any yellows. So I mean he actually got himself out of that one away from the eleventh. So he's not even appearing in that discipline port report at this point. Um, in that category, so he's got one to play with. Actually, two. Good distinction to make there, Aaron. What's your prediction? I was I was saying three two. I think that uh, um, I think your back line leaks like a sieve, um, and I think we can take advantage <laughs> of it. Uh, the question is, how long is it going to go two two? Um, and are is this going to be one of those where it's going to be an 86-minute Andrew John header off of a Dia inbound or, or you know, a, bear, uh, a Baccaro set play or something like that? Um, ultimately, we're going to have to try and figure out if I'm going to have to take one or two blood pressure pills. <laughs> well, that's, that's well, another thing we haven't even talked about. Will Baccaro yeah, even play? That. We don't even know if Becaro is going to play. That could be just as big of a loss for us. Maybe not just as big, but almost as big as more being out for you guys. Yeah. And so that's that's another part of my asterisk. Okay. You know, 
so here's the thing. So now we we so in this last match with Reno, right? Because uh, I, I want to, I, I definitely want to be transparent. Um, so Stubbs being out was a major blow, and I don't know where Austin Yearwood was. I mean, he would have been a great addition in that spot. Um, we had Samson in that left back position. Samson is a great defender, and I think he does well on a perimeter. My concern with him in that spot was if he plays up too high, he's not going to be able to get back as fast. I mean, you could see it for yourself in the last match. I mean, he was outpaced in some places. I've seen it in the LA Galaxy matches, um, just where Kamara just comes right past and, and, and beats them to, to the ball, especially if they're both playing for that possession. And, and I was a little concerned. I, I thought, well, why would we not maybe move Hamilton back in the back line. I mean, he is a center back as well. Why would we not have moved him back there? Um, I mean, you know, that would have been my an obvious thing. We have Salim Muhammad back from suspension, so we could still have someone in the midfield. So I think that we're going to be seeing different things. I mean, Suggs should be back this match. I mean, I haven't seen anything saying that he's out again. So, I mean, if he's back, then you got one other person who – can actually be a part of the attack. I mean, he comes up that left channel pretty well and creates chances. So with more out, I mean, Suggs back in, I mean, we could still be sitting well. Well, it'll certainly be an interesting one. Um, I think that's we, we've gone about as far as we can go. Um, at least that's what my wife is telling me when she comes in the room and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and tells me that Eli's still awake. Uh and my fiance <laughs> sending me a Snapchat. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, you, hey! I got another question for you though. Just um, so uh, open cup match, the lights go out. Did you guys not pay the bill? What happened there? That is truly bonkers. Like that hasn't happened at any other Phoenix Rising match that I've and I've been going to almost all of them since 2017. So you know that you know what was, it felt like. It felt like. It felt like a WWE match where the lights go out and then all of a sudden the Undertaker shows up. <laughs> With Paul Bearer. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, all of a sudden Phoenix Rising is like revived, you know what I mean? So I mean we Jason Johnson time. pops out of the grave. <laughs> yeah, or oh, Gideon, our, Gideon no, Alessandro Rigi comes to go oh, walking man. into the stadium. No, 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 you get you get Drogba or something. Drogba pops up. <laughs> the literal ghost Drogba, of Luke Drogba, Rooney. Drogba. <laughs> oh, man. The ghost oh, of well, Luke Rooney. Well, if that... Hey, so you guys, you guys are coming out. Like, we need to hook up and, like, drink some beers and... And, and chat it up for sure. Like, we got to, you know, I'm all for these collaborations. I, I've been all about them this first year. You know, definitely major shouts out to the BGN. I write for the BGN for USL1 team, Ford Madison. So um, so definitely major shouts. I think it's cool to be able to collaborate with you guys. And we've we got to toast some beers. And, uh, you know, and we'll be enemies for 90 minutes. I'll toast the full Mingo. Ooh, yes, yes. We're yes. going to go full Mingo. That. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good well, stuff. I'd love to hear uh, a halftime report, uh, see if you guys can get together at halftime and uh, uh, give us a little bit of, of, uh, give, of an idea of what the, what the atmosphere is like, and uh, then we'll uh, make sure to okay. plug that in next time. 
Yeah, that sounds good. So let me know where you guys. Uh, we'll, we'll get. We'll obviously figure these things off offline. Figure out where you're going to be and during the match, and we'll we'll definitely connect it, and uh, it'll be good. All right. Well, let's. We'll go ahead and close it out for uh, Chris Walker of the what? Give give me the the podcast again. Sounds good. Uh, we are Seek and Strike podcast. All right. So for Chris from Seek and Strike, Dominic. From Rising is One, I'm Aaron Blau of FirebirdSoccer.net, and uh, we'll see you all in just a few days as Phoenix Rising faces off against the New Mexico United. Uh, I'm going to say Uprising because, you know, that's what we do here. (laughs) (laughs) Somos Unidos. We'll make you a part of the family one way or the other. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Chris. Alright, I'm here with Ben Spencer and Corey Whelan. How are you guys doing? Yeah, really well, yeah. Oh, great, great to be out here with the fans. So, Corey, man, a couple months here. This is more your type of weather, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, when I first came, it was a little bit different to back home, but the weather's definitely getting cooler, so I'm starting to enjoy it a little bit more now. Hey, buddy. How did you get to Phoenix from the Liverpool Academy? Yeah, um, it was just like... It was weird, so in the summer when I obviously I was out of contract with Liverpool, it got opposed to me and I spoke to the assistant manager and the manager and then I pretty much made my mind up off the back of that. I mean, was it just that good of a sell? Um, yeah, I suppose when I spoke to him about, like, obviously the area, the, the fans, the culture of the club, the winning mentality, then it all pretty much come into place and obviously I got myself over it and I'm enjoying it a lot now. I won't ask about specific clubs, but did you have other opportunities that you chose Phoenix over? Um, yeah, there was definitely a few, but um, they didn't seem right for me, so I chose what was right for me, which I believe every player should always do, so this is why I'm here and the decision I made. That's amazing. And Ben, bringing it to you, how has your first season in Phoenix been? It's been unbelievable, really. I mean, I knew I was coming into a winning organization, and I think the players that have come in have all, all helped uh, advance that, and now it's just part of the culture here at the club. I learned this week that you're actually from New Mexico going back this weekend. Are you excited about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm buzzing. Um, my family's all going to be there, a bunch of friends, uh, family friends, so it's going to be going to be great to play back home, which I haven't done ever, so it's, it'll be fun. Any food recommendations? I'm going to be in town in cold days. Uh, when I land at the airport, I always go to the Frontier, and I get a breakfast burrito with green chili stew on top. All right, I'm going I'm to listen to that and remember it. <laughs> Corey, with the Liverpool Academy, did you get to play with any amazing players? I mean, the guys like Firmino and Salah come to mind. Um, yeah, of course. I spent um, four or five months Good. with them when they went on the Champions League run, so I got to go over to Spain on a training camp with them. And it, again, it was an unbelievable experience, one I'll never forget, learning off the best. Yeah, what did you take learning from guys like that and Jurgen Klopp? Um, just mentality really I think it's um, a big thing in football that they had a winning mentality similar to the club here so it wasn't too dissimilar when I come over but it was just the way they train every day they put everything into every session so you get thrown into the starting lineup in the middle of this record setting win streak how do you keep your cool and just keep it going 
Um, I'm not one to get nervous before a play. I always believe in my ability and I always believe that you know I can bring something to the game. So obviously I was introduced to the lads in training and stuff, so I felt at home straight away. So it was just about continuing the streak, really. And Ben, last question for you. Um, how did it feel scoring that goal against Los Dos the other week? It was great to finally score in front of the ultras. Um, it, was a, it was something I've been looking forward to all season and hopefully can net a few more before the season's over. And uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was awesome. Incredible technique on that one. Thanks, guys, so much. You're welcome. Thank you. So this is Dominic Kearns here with Amadou Dia and Alessandro Ricci. What's up? How you doing, man? How are you doing? Very good. Yourself? Pretty nice, pretty nice. Beautiful event. How does it feel now that that 20-match win streak weight is off your shoulders? Um, to be honest, it was an amazing experience for all of us. I know every man, every staff member, every fan, everybody, every player on the team is going to remember that streak forever. Um, now that it's over, to be honest, we can finally stop thinking about it and just focus on getting the supporter shield. Uh, beating that 77 point mark and okay, good, good. the playoffs, right. of course. That's good interesting that that point record's yeah, on your mind. I figured it would be on your guys' mind. That's our next step. I mean, we only need one point to win the supporter shield, and we got a couple games, so we're pretty confident we can get that. But what we really want is to beat the record, the point record. So. You excited for the match in New Mexico this weekend? 15,000 fans. We've been waiting for it. Been waiting for it ever since the Open Cup game. Ever since one of their players started cheering and talking trash in front of us right after we lost the PKs and they were celebrating in our locker room. They disrespected us, man. So we've been waiting for this game for a long time. So we're gonna go down there and try to beat them as hard as we can. Are the guys still? Yeah, I talk to Fredo all the time. He's a funny guy. He's a great guy on the field, but uh, I mean off the field. But once he's on the field, it's us against him. So we're gonna go to war against him. What was it like scoring two goals in that match against Timbers too, including ridiculous solo effort and then the header in stoppage time? Um, I was just trying to do what I could for the team to win, and that's it. It was just an amazing feeling after it all happened. It was kind of surreal for a couple of seconds, but it was awesome. It was more for the guys, and I was happy I could contribute to keep our winning streak going. Admit it, though. Defenders scoring a brace, you have to give the guy shit about that all the time. Well, I was supposed to score a hat trick if Silla would have let me take in that penalty. I still think about that all the time, you know? But it is what it is. Wow, we've come far ever since then, so it's good. And Alessandro, man, you're back out on the pitch? Yes, I am. How did the rehab go? How did you get through it? I was, uh... Got a mid-interview hug. It's all good. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was, it's good, man. It was, uh, a lot of unexpected stuff happened, so it was more than just, uh, the ACL. Uh, but that remained behind closed doors. But I, you know, tried to stay as positive as I could, and my teammates helped me out a lot. So it's good to finally be back on the field. Great. We love you. Thank you very much. Sit right in one hundred two. And you're always waiting. I mean, that's that's not in my hands. It's in the staff's hands. I'm happy to help this team any way I can. It's a very special team. Very special group. So uh, if ever I'm needed, I'll definitely, uh, you know, step on the pitch or the 
Saturday uh, in a couple weeks, right? Very, very hungry to succeed yeah. and, and help the team game. as much as I can. I can't sure. make it on the... I know I have appreciated your team attitude in the midst my, of this uh, real struggle. I'm sure a bunch of people do. So I just want to express our gratitude to... Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that. This is great. You think we got it in the bag this year? We love the way you I don't want to jinx it, but I think if the guys keep working hard and... If having knowing we're gonna have all the playoff games at home, as long as we listen to the staff and execute, I think uh, everything should go as, as planned. So I want to say yes. That's all. In black. In black. In black. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Amadou, any shout out to the Dia gang? Dia gang, man. I love it. Please keep. You're the black. There you go. Please right. keep going, man. It's awesome. I appreciate you guys more than you know. Thank you so much for your guys' time. Hey. Thank you. The Rising is One podcast is sponsored by the Arizona Sports Complex, home of the North Phoenix Soccer League, Summer Futsal, Box Lacrosse League, and Summer High School Advanced League. Please visit the Arizona Sports Complex and tell them the Rising is One podcast sent you. This episode is brought to you by Roughneck Scarves and Golden Gold Press. Thanks to our sponsor, Golden Gold Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items just yourself and your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price from other places at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Thanks also to the Beautiful Game Network and all the other excellent podcasts that you can find covering soccer and all things USL. (laughs) 